good morning, Tucson and all of Southern Arizona. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM 1030 KVOI, The Voice, Daily In-Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser, and to Matt Neely making the magic happen on the other side of the glass, and to all of our listeners listening who really make the magic happen around here. It is Thursday, but around here we call it Friday Eve. Matt, happy Friday Eve to you. Good to be doing this with you as always. We've almost made it, my friend. Indeed, we're almost there. Friday Eve, I love it. And it's a recess at work day. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I think that's that's a holiday I can get behind, I think. Yeah, I, I start to feel like I need one of those on Thursday, as a matter of fact. Right. So. <laughs> getting, getting towards the end of the week, sure. That's right. It's okay. So you have you have the permission, societal permission to do okay. that today. The proof is now on, on, on public airwaves. People have now heard it. Recess at work day. I mean, my little ones get re- recessed from school, so we know we should get recessed from sure. work. Sure. <laughs> Uh, fun show ahead today. I, I want to make the intro short and sweet because I want to get into the conversation. A couple conversations I'm very much looking forward to. We'll close out the show with Devin Underwood, uh, Workforce Pivots. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the labor market as we always do and keeping and retaining and attracting great talent to uh, our Tucson businesses and organizations. She's been our guide for that. Uh, but first, here at the top of the hour, we have a candidate conversation. Uh, I have a personal um, personal policy. I will almost always, I don't even know why I wouldn't, but I almost always uh, say yes to any candidate, any party who wants to have a conversation on the air on the issues. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty easy yes to have, to, to have that dialogue because it's uh, important conversations, lots of things going on in our, in our region and our state. Uh, and today with us uh, is Senda Clark a Democrat running for Legislative District 19 in the Arizona House, uh, the only Democrat running uh, in this sprawling new district that covers multiple counties. Uh, we're going to have a conversation today. With that, Sanda, good morning to you. Thanks for starting your day with us here on the air. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about having this conversation with you and your listeners. Thank you Abs- for the opportunity. No, absolutely. And uh, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you. I will be honest, uh, I've not had the opportunity to have too many conversations with uh, with uh, someone who has come to this country from Romania, spent a long career as a concert pianist, and is now running for office. I just haven't met too many of those people before. Send it. Tell us a little bit more about you and why you're getting into okay, politics well, at this point. I'm, I'm sure you haven't, uh, and um, you probably will find it quite uh, unusual for somebody who is going to uh, contemplate running for office in Arizona in a designer district, as I call it. I call myself an accidental candidate. Uh, and the reason I call myself that is because um, I cannot fathom the idea of not entering a race because it's the others are against you. Uh, it's just uh, not in my uh, Slavic blood that runs through my veins. Uh, when you have an opportunity to participate in the most sacred and coveted of processes like voting or running for office and you don't take it, to me that's, that's pathetic. And so um, 
uh, I'm running because there was nobody else interested in running because the new district, which is like a cooperative, has got Pima County, Cochise County, Greenlee County, Graham County, and Santa Cruz County. Jeez. Now, you tell me how this is a homogeneous um, uh, uh, redistricting. But it, anyway, this district has been designed with the idea that there will be no Democrat running because it's such a red district. And... Um, I I just had to do it. You know, I didn't even ask my husband if he thought it was a smart or a dumb thing to do. Uh, and it doesn't matter to me if it's smart or dumb. It's, it's a patriotic duty to do it, especially at this time in our history. So that's, what I'm, that's why I'm running. I'm not into gifting seats for, to anybody, not to Republicans, not to Democrats. I think that's what makes our country great, that we have the opportunity to compete for people's votes. And I'm here to do my very best to convince them that they should vote for me. Senda, uh, thank you for that. And I, I do want to talk about some of the issues that, that you care about in this campaign. But, but tell me a little bit more about yourself. You came to the United States as a young musician uh, to escape communism in uh, Romania. You were born in Romania. Uh, yes, you came to the University I, of Texas. Tell, tell me a little bit more about how you got here and, and what your experience in the okay. United States has been like. Sure. So I uh, was um, very in interested in the music making of a uh, very famous pianist by the name of Schnabel, Arthur Schnabel, uh, who was a big Beethoven and Schubert uh, exponent. Uh, and um, a person by the name of Leonard Schur studied with, with Schnabel. And when I heard him play, I just knew I had to come and study with him. So when I first met him, I was 16 years old, hmm. and he was speaking in New York by the time I... I graduated from the Rubin Academy of Music in Jerusalem. Uh, he was teaching at the University of Texas in Austin. But to me, it made no difference what he was teaching. I just wanted to study with him. So uh, you might say that my entire life has been an unconventional ride. Mm. <laughs> uh, I never went for the, for the expected or the easy way out. I always followed my heart for what I believe was the, the best, uh, uh, the best achievement-oriented goal in life. I'm a very uh, perseverant person. I'm not afraid of uh, uphill battles. And uh, I didn't choose an easy route. I came here all by myself with a one-way ticket uh, because my parents couldn't afford any more than that. And um, mm. it was a real <laughs> awakening coming to America after growing up in Romania. Um, and so what I bring to the table is a completely lack of expertise in being a politician, I bring with me the absolute first-hand experience of what it's like to live in an authoritarian society and what does it mean really. People, I think, talk here about communism, socialism, they have yes. no idea what they're talking about. Correct. And like you don't know what it's like to, to birth a child unless you do it. Uh, you don't know what it's like to live under <laughs> communist system. <laughs> Well, yes. you know, because that thing's concept that you can understand intellectually, but it's a whole different mm. ballgame when you experience it. Mm. And that's what I'm trying to tell people, that to have any kind of conference take place in Hungary under Orban with a dictator, much like Putin, but he's a little bit, um, you know, less transparent and obvious than Putin. And to have any American serve as a prop for those dictators to use them against our own country is something so morally sick to me that I cannot understand how any American 
doesn't matter what your party affiliation is, can contemplate doing that. It's like a Jew serving a props to Hitler. There's no other way for me to describe it. There's no, no way for me to explain how, how incensed I am and how painful it is for me to, to witness that. Um, you know, it is just an impossibility for me to accept any American citizen that loves this country allowing themselves to be used as a propaganda tool, like Tulsi Gabbard. See, I'm bringing her up because she's a Democrat. But so to me, it doesn't matter what is your party. But it matters to me that your country should come truly first, not as a slogan, put America first, but really treat America as your first love and your first patriotic affiliation. That's what's important to me. So, I mean, certainly I think your your background is really interesting in the midst of many conversations we're talking about. We're bumping up against a break, but I want to ask you this, and after a lifelong career as a concert pianist um, and, and and all of that, you had your retirement concert last year. You're now running for office. Mm-hmm. Give me very quickly, because we'll talk about this more in the second segment. Uh, what does a rural district, like Legislative District 19, what are the issues uh, uh, that you are hearing are um, important to um, voters in more rural areas of this state. Two or three, please, real quick. Okay. Well, first of all, is water. Mm-hmm. Second of all, is good education. Third of all, is the right to have your voice heard and access to the ballot box. It's infrastructure. It's um, paying teachers a good wage, it's having a hospital that you can go to without having to run to Tucson for any major or minor issue that you might have. It's all the same reasons, all the same issues that you have here in Tucson, really. It's a, we live in a global world. So living in Cochise County or living in Pima County, there is very little difference there, mm. really. Sandra Clark is with us. No, no let, let's do this because I, cause I, want, I want you to get into it more, Sanda. Sanda Clark is with us, uh, Democrat running, the only Democrat running in the new Arizona House Legislative Des- District 19 uh, here in Southern Arizona. When we come back, we'll talk about a number of those issues, the topics that animate Sanda's campaign to run uh, in what is, no doubt, um, a very, uh, very Republican-leaning district. We'll be right back with Sanda on the other side. Don't go anywhere here on Tipping Point. We'll be right back. Local news and talk. 1030, The Voice. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. 
Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell, but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona moving innovation at the speed of business. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their beat on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, this is Tom Sullivan. Join me weeknights from 7 to 10 for the Tom Sullivan Show on 1030 KVOI, The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona live here out of the Common Workspace Studios, speaking to uh, those north of the border and south of Casa Grande. You're listening live. Thank you. Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on 1030 The Voice. This segment is sponsored by Decibel Coffee Works. Uh, Ice cream is now on the menu. Visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento at the Mercado San Agustin NX. Uh, And mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. We're with Sanda Clark, uh, the only Democrat running in in the rural district that was redistricted. is now Legislative District 19 here in Southern Arizona, crosses, I think, four or five different counties here. Uh, Senda, before we get into the issues, I want to talk to you about some of the things you mentioned that are uh, that animate your campaign. But I got to tell you, I have a bit of a bias this morning. It's not a political bias. 
Uh, it's a uh, it's a bias that I in a different life uh, did a lot of studying and living in uh, Eastern Europe and Albania and Kosovo and that part of the world um, is dear to dear to my heart. And it's obviously dear to yours. You grew up in Romania and immigrated yep. to the United States out of communism. So we'll have to have an offline conversation, Senda, when we're not on the clock. But uh, um, yeah, d- d- different lives it. for both of us. Okay, I just want to say one thing. I am running on the democratic side of, of the ballot, but I'm truly running as a grateful American. Mm. I really, at this moment, I don't think that our issues are divided by party. The only difference between me and, let's say, a Republican running is who we feel accountability towards. Uh, I r- I'm running as a clean candidate, and I, by all responsibility is to the people that I'm hoping to represent in LD19. Pure and simple. My uh, friends on the other side are not running clean and they are indebted to all kinds of, you know, people who support them. Uh, It's like any investment. If you invest in something, you are hoping to get a return on on your investment. Uh, I am running for the people who gave me $5. And I have to say, that when I went with my petitions to the Secretary of the State, when I became an official candidate, they couldn't believe it. I had 825 signatures. I only needed 400 and some. All of them were accepted, and they were from every single county in this new district. So I'm running as a very grateful American because my life would never have been what it, what it, mm. it is today without this country. Mm. And I want this country to continue to prosper and be the same for generations to mm. come. And that's why I'm running. I love this country. I'm mm. very grateful to it. And I'm not necessarily running as a Democrat. I'm running as a patriotic American. Really, that's what I would like to say. Mm. And then you can ask me about any of my other points that I really want uh, you want to get into, into it. Absolutely. Sandra, just so, just so our listeners have some context Remind us who the uh, who are, who is running as a Republican in this district. Whose district is it right now? Oh, okay, Gail Griffin. Okay, uh, and she she has been in office, I believe, since 1979, and um, or 1997. 1997, I got the numbers backwards. And uh, Lupe Diaz, mm. uh, who is a replacement for Peggy Knott, I believe. Or, okay, I forget her name, but you know, she he is an appointed. Uh, returning candidate. Gotcha. So these are my two uh, colleagues on the other side of the aisle. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Sanda, in the last in the last segment, you mentioned that the issues that I see on your website and also that you've heard uh, from voters that you've spoken to uh, include water, education, infrastructure. Um, uh, uh, access to voting. We obviously can't get through all of those, but I want to ask you about a big issue. I think it's very big in rural Arizona, especially right now. Water, Sanda. What do you do on the water situation should you uh, sit in in one of those legislative seats? Well, uh, uh, you know, our one of my opponents, Gail Griffin, she has been in the legislature for a very long time, and water is supposed to be one of her specialties. I would like to understand how, being one of our specialties, we have wells running dry in Cochise County. How can she allow this to happen? See, that's what I would like to know. So one of the things that I would like to uh, make sure that happens is accountability. And for that, we need um, active management to become statewide. 
not just in parts of the country uh, of, of our state. Uh, LD19 is out of the active management area. And so Gil, Gil suggested in the last bill that he passed that we should leave it to the, to the accountability of the people, to the people's good conscience that they should not take more than they need. What well, it's like telling Be- uh, Bezos, we are going to leave it up to you how much you have to contribute to our taxes, uh, or telling your children how much time they should spend in front of the computer playing computer games instead of studying. I wish that was possible, but it isn't. And right now, if you read it, if you look at it, I don't know if you saw the Arizona Daily Star, but it's on the front page and uh, about the situation of the water in our country. So because Lake Mead is getting so low and people, contrary to what they believe, aquifers are not endless. It's not uh, we can always dig deeper, make a deeper well and we are going to get water. No, it's uh, sometimes it goes dry and then we are in real trouble. So uh, the closing paragraph of the article on the front page of the Arizona Daily Saturday says, at the same, at the same elevation, uh, uh, should Lake Mead fall to the dead pool level of 895 feet elevation, Las Vegas will be able to, to get the critical uh, yield that they can. But Arizona, California, and Mexico will be cut off entirely. So we are 150 feet from losing access to the Colorado River. And the rate of decline is accelerating. So, uh, you tell me how many, how your property is going to do uh, in terms of your house investment when you say, well, uh, my house is beautiful, it's very well built, however, we no longer have access to water, we have to haul it in or pay a special service to bring us water. Uh, how many companies do you think are? Businesses are going to want to move to Arizona with this kind of a situation of water disappearing. So, um, you know, what, what we are suffering from, Zach, is the fact that we have gutless politicians. They, are, they lack the courage to really take a hard vote to do for the long, to protect us for long range, not tomorrow, not band-aids, not kicking the can down the road as they say, but to really do something that will protect us from disaster because we are headed that way. Mm -hmm. And we are talking about immigrants. We don't want to let them come in here. Many of them are coming over the border because they can no longer grow crops and they go hungry. That is, we are going to maybe face the same issue if we don't do something to protect ourselves from losing the water and from protecting climate change from from happening you see what's happening the temperatures are so high now we have got wildfires that we have got floods we have got incredible drought in parts of the country we need to do something it's time to really act we can't just say next year or we are going to uh, look at and say well we if you want to deal with the water shortage or, or the drought let's pray well, you know, I've been praying for a long time for all kinds of things. They, unfortunately, my prayers weren't unanswered, and I would not like to rely on them. I would like to make sure that we do something that will get us out of the disaster that we are marching towards. You know, it's like the Titanic. Senda Clark has been with us. Senda, thanks for spending time with us this morning. Lots that we didn't get to. Your website is Clark, the number 4AZ.com. And uh, we'll chat soon, but thanks, Senda, for coming on. 
and uh, for your words this morning, ClarkforAZ.com. Stay cool out there, Sanda. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Tucson homeowners, do you have equity in your home and would like to sell but are afraid that you won't be able to find a new place in this market? Well, you're not alone. That's why CNC Partners has put together an innovative way to make your next home dream come true. They work with local investors who can purchase your home for cash, pay above market value, waive the appraisal, and provide you with the option to lease your home back to you for 12 months until you can find a new home in the Tucson market. If you'd like to see what that cash offer might look like with no obligation, go to Tucson Cash Offer. Why I love where I live. It's a brand and movement that began here in Tucson to spark gratitude and celebrate the good things about where we live. Located in the open air Mercado San Agustin Annex, just west of downtown, it's a great place to shop or spend time with friends as you enjoy food, drink, and other shopping options close by. Find gifts, toys, books, and clothes that will help you celebrate where you live. Visit them at the Annex off the I-10 at Cushing and Avenida del Convento. When you manage your money with a credit union, you're taking true ownership of your finances and how your money impacts the community. Stop letting banking just happen to you. Bring your money home to Vantage West. Federally insured by NCUA. Helping you make better money decisions is what the Ramsey Show is all about. Today at 1 p.m. on 1030 The Voice. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Good morning to you. Welcome live out of the Common Workspace Studios. You're listening to Tipping Point with Zach Yenser on AM1030 KVOI, The Voice, Billion Depth News, conversation and talk about the people, ideas, and issues shaping Tucson's future. I'm your host, Zach Yenser. Uh, we now turn from our uh, first half conversation uh, to another Southern Arizona conversation with Devin Underwood. Uh, the principal and founder of the Talent Store. Uh, Devin has been our guide on the program for the last couple of years of helping companies and organizations navigate a changing labor market, and that was before the great reshuffle. Uh, And we've got uh, some tips, tricks, and advice for you for another labor market change that I think is about to happen, and we'll see what Devin thinks about that as well. Devin Underwood, good morning to you. Calling 520-790-2040. Welcome aboard. Hey, Zach. How are you? Good. Uh, So I know we're going to talk about um, how our leaders, managers, uh, organizational captains uh, can avoid feeling blindsided and caught off guard with employee resignations. But Devin, I always love to get your kind of current events take on things that are happening. And, and this is uh, this is very recent news, and this is a kind of spur-of-the-moment question, Devin. So I don't know how much you've processed so far, but the Fed um, hiked interest rates this week uh, by 0.75%. That's the largest hike in over 30 years. And the relevance to our conversation is um, that this could lead to some layoffs, uh, some some uh, some increase in the unemployment rate. This even in the short term could have some labor market impacts. And I wonder, Devin, if you have any thoughts from your standpoint, working with companies who maybe said, "I just now figured out the great reshuffle. Now I might have to, you know, make some labor decisions." What are your thoughts, Devin, on the current market, and any any advice for our companies and organizations listening? Um, 
Yeah. So I think, number one, the Fed's um, interest rate hike is in response to inflation. Mm-hmm. And I think lots of companies um, have been trying to navigate their response to inflation as well. Um, so I know this isn't going to answer your question directly, Zach, but in the work that I'm doing and the organizations I'm speaking with, they're still short in positions. So um, they have not fully come to terms with how they're going to fill their current talent need. The, the pullback, um, if there is one based on this interest rate hike, might um, make them rethink what they really need or, or kind mm-hmm. of reshuffle again, potentially. Right. But I know in the conversations I've been having, we're, we've really been talking about compensation hmm. um, in response to inflation. And that's what a lot of employers have been trying to figure out. Um, you know, how do they get wages up to competitive uh, height because they've lost people to companies that have been more competitive with compensation? And then how do they compensate fairly and affordably or enough, anyway, for inflation and the impact inflation mm-hmm. has had on their workforce? Wow. And so those are more of the conversations I've been involved in. Um, inflation, the average wage rate or wage, or I guess the average inflation, long-term inflation rate is 3.2%. That's what I learned in the research I've been doing to help with some compensation. Mm-hmm. The current inflation rate is 8.1%. Mm-hmm. And so in the organizations that we've been working with, we are, you know, lots of them, except for very key positions that have just inflated quickly because of lack of talent or workforce replacement, like in accounting and bookkeeping. Um, except for those types of roles, um, the, you know, the decision is we're not going to all of a sudden move wages 8.2%, right? This is probably sure. a temporary thing. Um, but have we kept up with the 3.2% this whole time? And then what does the extra compensation for our, our high-value people look like? And so those are the conversations we've been having, hmm. is how to even help workforce and the employees that we have through this inflationary time. Mm-hmm. And then from there also, you know, protect from potential recession, right? And so everyone's trying to figure that out. Right. The hope is, is that this um, interest rate increase uh, helps with inflation in some form and that there is some continued work on the supply side because that's the other side of the inflation equation, mm-hmm. right, is supply and demand. And so supply has been short while cash has been pretty easy. Um and so, hence where we are right now. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I, I didn't answer a lot of what you're ta- saying, but, you know, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. My gut is, at least in the organizations I'm working with, they are not at um, capacity to consider layoffs. They're still struggling to get the right people and still mm-hmm. have not figured out the reshuffle. Right. No, and actually, you you... You answered the question, Devin, that uh, I just think I asked a poor question for because that's where I wanted you to go. Uh, <laughs> it, it was less about, you know, I mean, I think we'd be better off if you if you took uh, Mr. Powell's job, Devin, but I wasn't necessarily asking on the inflation side more of. I think companies companies have been like, I just got to the great reshuffle. And you're telling me that in the near term, you know, I may have to consider 
Do I now lay off people, right? It's, it's just the landscape keeps, keeps, keeps shifting. And I just wondered if you're hearing from companies who are going like, can, can, we, can we have a little bit more certainty um, in, in the market? But you mentioned something, and, and I really do want to get to the tangible advice you have for us this morning. Um, but you mentioned something that piqued my interest, Evan, and that was um, a part of all of this is what they call a, a wage price spiral where there's kind of this, okay, um, prices are high, so we need to raise wages. Um, and as soon as wages rise, then that causes upward pressure on prices. And it's just that it keeps going up. In a similar way, I wonder, how do you help companies not feel like they're in an arms race with the Joneses in, in mm-hmm. saying, well, this company just raised wages 4%, so we got to do 4.5. Well, now that they did 4.5, well, now we do 5 I mean, that's not sustainable um, right. for you know probably mid-sized businesses and even a little bit smaller how, how do we compensate well, Devin, without this becoming an arms race, so to speak, that becomes more destructive in the end, if you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I mean, at every client I work with, when we're trying to get competitive for talent, um, wage is a piece of the conversation, but it is not the end-all, be-all. It's not where it starts, and it's not where it ends. You know, we've got to look at real budget. If your company isn't financially healthy and that um, isn't sustainable for you, then you're not going to be able to employ anybody. (laughs) So we always start there. But, you know, I think when we're pulling compensation data right now, and this is also um, balanced with research SHRM has done, and I think Robert Half um, released their 2022 wage um, ranges, it's, it's really difficult because the data is lagging data. It's mm-hmm. data from what people were hired in at and what post positions were posted at and all of these different things that have happened. And so, you know, the recommendation is we're looking at what the competitive salary range is and adding about 10 to 15% to that mm-hmm. um, to think about where then that you know, quote-unquote arms race might go. Um, But if that's not sustainable for your budget, then let's really talk about the other things you can provide there. What are your values and mission? Um, What's a passion connection people can connect to that's real? You know, what talk do you walk that really people are going to feel great about being a part of your organization? What flexibility can you provide? What other perks and benefits? There is some organizations adding inflation, a one-time inflation bonus or a one-time financial pressure bonus to some levels of positions. Um, There may be other perks we can look at. So we really try to get creative and we really look at what's within your budget. And then where can you flex on the experience and skills that you need? So if you can't pay at what, uh, what you typically thought you needed? Um, Is there ways to flex on degree requirements? Is there ways to flex Mm -hmm. on years of experience? Um, Should we look at other industries that have skills that map over that aren't having huge um, wage hikes right now? So there's other places that we start to get creative and look, but it's really about being flexible and smart, knowing yourself, knowing what your budget is, knowing what you really need to accomplish through this role at the end of the day, and then knowing what you offer your teams and your group. That's so good. 
I mean, Devin, obviously in your work at the talent store, if a, if a company thinks they have all this figured out, they can say, hey, here's, here's, the, here's kind of the box with the bow on it. Devin, go get us a great person that fits this. You do that. But you also, as I think our listeners here, um, provide that consulting and advice and mapping on the front end uh, for companies who want to get more precise and, and find better luck in this really weird labor market that, as you have said, has gone through a great reshuffle. I think it's going to keep reshuffling. I think, that we're, I think we're going to go through, go through, um, go through more shifts. Uh, when we come back from a break, uh, many leaders, Devin, you talk to them all the time, feel blindsided or caught off guard with employee resignations. Uh, your view, and I think it's the correct view, is that leaders who actively stay in touch with their teams are better prepared for a team member leaving and are better at retention in the first place. So I want I want to dig into that, what you're seeing in the market right now, how you advise organizational leaders around that, and what are some of the very tangible tips and tricks that you can share with us today uh, to to have that better team connection so there's less there's less blind slide blind sighting. Uh, when we come back from our break, that's where we're going. Part two of our conversation this morning with Devin Underwood, principal and founder of the Talent Store. So many leaders and organizations listen live and on the podcast. We got you covered navigating uh, the market today. We'll be right back on Tipping Point. The Voice, Tucson's trusted local news and talk. In 1994, the University of Arizona took the bold step of acquiring an industrial park in southeastern Pima County and transforming it into a university research park. With over 25 years of success, Tech Parks Arizona continues to advance innovation. Whether it's the 70-plus startups at the University of Arizona Center for Innovation or the new Tech Park at the Bridges that houses the university's commercialization hub with several other projects coming out of the ground, they are integral in shaping the future of Southern Arizona. Tech Parks Arizona, moving innovation at the speed of business. Zach Yenser here, host of Tipping Point, and I want to tell you that Decibel Coffee Works is the coffee we drink at home and while we're out and about. Run by a great local team of people who care about the Tucson community, you'll find a variety of great coffee drinks, beans, pastries, and more. There's also a rumor ice cream is on its way in 2022. To see their full menu and varieties of roasted beans from around the world, visit DecibelCoffeeWorks.com and visit them at 267 South Avenida del Convento. Mention you heard about them on Tipping Point with Zach Yenser for 10% off your next order on anything you buy. Hi, this is Ethan Orr from the University of Arizona, where we apply science for sustainability and economic opportunity. At the Arizona Cooperative Extension, we focus on youth leadership, water conservation, and environmental health. If you'd like to find out more about urban agriculture, youth development, or creating a healthier environment, call me, Ethan Orr, at 520-621-0906, or visit us at extension.arizona.edu. Zach Yenzo here, and I'm so excited to be a part of the launch of the Little Love Burger as they're growing in Tucson. Located just a few hours down from the Rialto Theater, Little Love Burger serves up the juiciest scratch-made hamburgers, loaded hot dogs, have ice cream milkshakes, lovable local brews, and the most addictive breakfast sandwiches. Little Love Burger is open Sunday through Thursday, 11 to 9, and Friday and Saturday, 11 to 10. You can follow their B on Instagram and Facebook at Little Love Burger Tucson. Don't you want some burger to love? 
The economy is moving forward, and Arizona businesses are looking at new opportunities and challenges as we emerge from COVID-19. Leading companies are planning how to respond to new business and rebuild their teams and are looking for critical talent now. The right talent in key positions will make all the difference, and having a trusted and dedicated talent acquisition partner will give you an edge. Devin and her team at Talent Store will connect you with top talent while positively impacting time to hire, retention, and your employer brand. Learn more by visiting yourtalentstore.com and schedule time with Devin and her team. Did you know that Arizona is the first state in the country to implement a program like Earn to Learn has right here to support students with matched college savings? Through your investment, you enable students to leverage their own savings and resources to acquire the life-changing asset of a college education. If you want to be a part of increasing students' earning potential, minimizing student debt, closing the opportunity gap, and putting deserving individuals on a path to success, go to earntolearn.org to find out more. This is Bill Buckmaster at noon, our quarterly Tucson Air Service update on 1030, Tucson's voice for trusted news talk. And we're back, Tucson, and all of Southern Arizona. Our last segment of this Friday Eve, Thursday, drive time hour of Tipping Point with Zach Yenser. Devin Underwood is with us, principal and founder of the Talent Store. We had a bit of a current events conversation about the uh, labor market uh, and the economy and how it impacts uh, real-life businesses and organizations and leaders listening in their continual quest to manage the great reshuffle to find and keep uh, great uh, great employees and great leaders and managers in their companies. Uh, Devin, something that you talk about a lot is that many leaders do feel blindsided or caught off guard with employee resignations. Uh, leaders who actively stay in touch with their teams are better prepared for a team member leaving and often are better at retention, so fewer leave in the first place. The, the organizations, Devin, that you have seen success in this area, what are they doing to not be blindsided, to have good succession plan, and to have less people leave in the first place? Oh, do we have Devin on the line with us? Oh, sorry, Zach. I muted myself during the commercial, and <laughs> I forgot to unmute. Can you hear me? <laughs> That's okay. You're, you sound great now. Very good. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you know, when you talk about knowing where your employees are at, knowing what they're thinking, how they're feeling, um, how they're performing, how they feel about their performance, you're doing that to both hedge against resignation, know when one is coming, and then also in succession planning in general, um, as you're creating career paths and opportunities internally for your team, um, you want to know where they stand, how they feel. And um, if they're a fit for what you're thinking they're a fit for, um, whether that skills experience fit, interest fit, passion connection fit, um, lifestyle fit, all of those things that people are thinking about right now. So um, that's why it's so important to keep up with, with kind of where your teams are at um, and what they're, they're thinking and feeling. So there's lots of ways to do it. Um, one is, you know, the good old-fashioned standing one-on-one -on -one time. Um, and I know we've talked about that before, where you've got just sacred time on your calendar, monthly, weekly, biweekly, um, at the most quarterly, where you have time with your direct report um, to just 
talk about what's needed, and that can encompass anything from um, updates on tasks and deliverables, uh, general just get to know you, how's it going, temperature checking, um, any sort of coaching and uh, next step conversations. So if you've laid out some performance improvement plans or some um, stretch goals or ways that they start to ladder or step up into new areas, that's a great place to discuss those things. But the goal is, is that you guys have time that is sacred on the calendar where you can go through things as needed. Um, so that's, that's kind of a starting point. For sure. Um, and just maybe a quick remark on that, Devin. On the face of it, like you said, it kind of sounds, you know, um, good old-fashioned, yeah, duh, let's do one-on-ones. But, Devin, a lot of companies, um, I, I've heard it and I know you hear it in your business, say, how do I engage and track employee success and uh, their improvement, all that? I could just, you know pre-COVID, go knock on the door and have a quick conversation. Now, everybody's working from home remotely. If your business is able to do that, I, I can't see what my employee is doing. I don't know how they're succeeding. You know, my company has these kind of, you know, evaluations of our employees that help define who gets promotions and gets to move up in the company. I can't do that now because I can't see them on a day-to-day basis. I would say you're going to have to have the one-on-ones that you put on the calendar and say, this is how we're going to do it now, right? Yeah, absolutely. It sounds fundamental, and it is, but it's, um, it gets away from you pretty fast, and life gets going. And let me tell you, a lot of those people who talk about enjoying work from home, it's because they don't get interrupted <laughs> ad hoc. They can be heads down and get their work done. They don't have their boss coming in that suddenly wants to have a conversation. So <laughs> planning this kind of stuff, And holding it sacred on your calendar helps you both respect each other's time and keep you connected. And Mm -hmm. so there's, there's, that's, that's kind of a, just a great, solid, fundamental starting point. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it it doesn't have to be strictly agendaed, but there's always, you know, four consistent things that you go over in there. It's also a great way to introduce like new coaching or new information without it feeling like some special, scary meeting that has to be called uh, because you've already got the time on your calendar and uh, that's what you use it for. Um, another example of kind of stacking ways to stay connected is leveraging technology. And I think we talk about it all the time and it's not just Zoom, um, Microsoft Teams or you know video virtual, but there's also ways to leverage technology in terms of project management tools better utilizing your CRM system so that it's actually a communication tool, not a Rolodex. It's an activity tracker mm-hmm. and communication communication of activity. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of windows into productivity and deliverables when you use, utilize technology for that. And there's a ton mm-hmm. of options that we could go through depending on the business and depending on the team. Right. And if you've got technology and you've got standing one-on-ones, I'll talk about a couple other stacked options. But outside of that, if you're still like, I don't know what my team does, then we really need to talk about how are roles defined, how did you expectations set, and what are you goal setting? What's the goal and how are you tracking it? 
Because if it's a measurable goal, it's not difficult to understand how they're delivering on that, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So we've got to really look at what is it you're really evaluating and measuring, and let's get it more measurable, um, and then let's apply the right technology tools, and then get you guys some face time, whether that's virtual or in person, together regularly. Uh, and I know, Devin, we'll get to at the very end how, to, how people can reach out to you one-on-one and have those in-depth conversations. But in the, in the two or three minutes that we have left, you've mentioned this phrase quite a bit, a stay interview, right, as a play on like an mm-hmm. exit interview. But I don't know if we've really talked about it in depth. What does a stay interview look like and how is it different from a one-on-one? Stay interviews are a great way to understand what your employees are feeling and thinking. I would use standing one-on-one time for it, so it doesn't have to be its own special time um, or feel weird or awkward. Um, We've just implemented it with a client of ours and really got some incredible feedback. They've been forwarding the employee responses to the time that they got with their leader um, talking about these things. And so versus a one-on-one that can be focused on kind of, you know, deliverables, projects, coaching dot, you know, life, things that, that need to happen pretty regularly, this is a little bit of a bigger conversation around uh, taking temperature on where you're at with your career, how things are feeling, um, what support you need, um, you know, anything that you need to understand and I've got some examples I think what I do is kind of in a blog post probably share some of those other ideas about it but really diving a little bit deeper and a little bit wider in terms of how the person is feeling and how they're thinking about their career and thinking about their contribution to the organization how do they feel are they do they feel like they're contributing value how can you help them um, get there? Those sorts of things. And they can be really powerful. You start with the leader, the top dog, and they do it to their direct report. And those direct reports learn from that, do it to their direct reports, and it kind of flows through the organization like that. It can happen biannually, once a year. Um, it, it all depends. And sometimes we'll stack that then with an anonymous annual survey. And the annual survey does more around just learning about, you know, what benefits or perks might they be interested in? Is there some work flexibility we want to ask them about? Um, Different things that we're considering. I have lots of clients who are going, well, we've got to find something and maybe we'll try this. And I say, don't throw arrows blindfolded at the at the board let's survey and see what your people are interested in Hmm. we're not going to survey them on options you can't provide but let's survey them on all of these things that you're considering and then show them transparently what the majority chose and how you're acting on that feedback um Hmm. those can be fairly powerful too and, and it's good to do that annually i love it I, I did an exit interview um, for someone who was um, working with me the other day, and I said, you know, hey, how did it go? How was the experience? What went well? What didn't go well? How can we improve? And I did that during, but I thought, why do we always do that on the way out? Why don't we do that right. during, you know? <laughs> Devin, um, I hear the music in my ear. Your website where people can go and set up a one-on-one with you. Yeah, definitely. Go to yourtalentstore.com. We have advising services. We also do recruitment and executive search. And like Zach said, you know, we are not just 
give us a job rec and then we're going to be out there mm-hmm. scrambling in the market and competing in this arms race like every other recruiter. We right. really help you in a lot more tangible ways as part of the search and as part of making a long-term match. Love it. Devin, thank you for what you do and for guiding us through it.